0: To see the full video, search then and now on YouTube. Enjoy. Gilles Deleuze, as Todd May puts it, is a philosopher of new possibilities, of how we might think of things in ways that would open up new regions for living. Most simply, he's a philosopher of difference, of how things change over time for this reason he's usually referred to as a postmodern or post-structural philosopher lumped him with other french theorists like michel foucault and jack derrida there are both big similarities and big differences though for me and this applies to other post-structuralists thinking in Deleuzean terms is to conceptualise a radical freedom, that as humans we are free to change the world in ways that don't always seem possible. His work has been used in many disciplines, from education reform and politics to history and even the hard sciences. This is the key difference between him and other postmodernists. His work is filled with references to science, biology, geology, evolution. Where someone like Derrida emphasizes how we understand the world primarily through language and text, Deleuze is a materialist and a monist. In other words, everything in the universe, both physical and thinking, is connected. I'll introduce Deleuze's thought through his 1968 book, Difference and Repetition. Deleuze's thinking could be said to articulate the ontological foundations. That's the question of what there is at the most basic level of phenomena, of other thinkers referred to as post-structuralists and post-modernists. And by the way, while those two terms are sometimes used interchangeably, I use post-structuralist as referring to theory and theorists that mostly emphasise language, and post-modernist as a more casual term that loosely refers to thinkers, a period, and a culture that critiques modernity. Anyway, Michel Foucault, for example, points to how meaning and frames of social truth change over time, constituting new subjectivities conditioned both through power and knowledge. The idea of discipline, for example, or how we think about mental illness has changed over time, While Jack Derrida argues that language is unstable and meaning is always deferred, so he can never really pin anything down, both point to a world, or a human subjectivity, that is in flux, moving, changing. Deleuze, it might be said, provides the ontological or even the pre-ontological foundations for these sorts of views. For thinkers like Foucault, Derrida, and originally Nietzsche, there is no stable ontology of human nature. As I talked about in a previous video, Nietzsche shows how concepts like good and evil have changed over time. Again, as Todd May has phrased it, ontological matters are, in reality, historical matters parading in ontological garb. While much of Western philosophy has focused on an ontology of what there is, Deleuze wants to account for how things change. In other words, to account for difference over time, for movement. He's largely responding to philosophers like Aristotle and Kant, who both conceptualise stable categories of thought and of substance. For Kant, for example, we have the natural ability to rationally judge things by quantity, quality, relation, modality. For Aristotle there is substance, doing, having. We're thinking of the very basics of the world. Okay, bear with me. This isn't that important to start to understand what Deleuze is saying. What he's really doing is criticising thinkers which turns out to be the vast majority of western philosophy, who emphasize that which is stable or eternal over that which is in movement and in flux. Think about how we judge things, how we think about what things are. We can quantify and qualify, say, leaves. Here are four. They all have a similar shape, color, smell. They all grow in a similar place, in similar dirt. They look the same they are then of the same species. We can judge that. This is an oak leaf. We can make a list of the qualities any thing has. Literally anything. Television has a screen, can pick up broadcasts, has a power supply. We can try and think of the things that are essential to that thing. And here's the problem, if we just do that, then we cannot account for change of how certain things develop into new things. We need a way to understand how, loosely, television evolved into, say, Netflix or YouTube. The evolution didn't come from anything inside the category of television, it comes from the telegraph, the military development of the internet, the phone line, coding, microchips. All of these things converged into something new, in exactly the same way that new species have evolved. They evolve in relation to their environment and other species. For Deleuze, it's the spaces between things, the differences between all of these things, that create the possibilities for newness. In fact, all things are defined by the differences between them. This is, as with most post-structuralism, influenced by Saussure's belief that meaning is a product of the differences between words and signifiers. We understand what blue is because of its relationship to red, yellow, green, not because of any real tangible relationship between this and the word blue. Deleuze's philosophy builds upon Spinoza's monism that everything is connected. In fact, the world is so complicated, so connected, so mysterious that there are potentially an infinite number of possibilities in the world. Not right now, but potentially in theory. May cites the example of origami, an infinite number of shapes on an infinite number of pieces of paper, folding, moving, changing. Deleuze writes that no two grains of dust are absolutely identical, No two hands have the same distinctive points. No two typewriters have the same strike. No two revolvers score their bullets in the same manner. Difference is everywhere. In difference and repetition, Deleuze's goal is to theorize a definition of difference in itself, opposed to repetition. When we think, we repeat. When I think of the leaf, I repeat something of the actual leaf in my mind. When I engage in that judgment between the four leaves, I have to repeat four times to come to that conclusion. When we do this, we are generalizing. We are looking for resemblances. We know what greenness is, even if the shades are different. We know what that shape is, even though it's slightly different. Generalizing is the most basic action of thought, and to generalize, we must repeat. Repetition contributes to generality, but in every repetition, something distinct occurs. No leaf is actually a repetition, a precise exact copy. They are all different in color, in shape, even in position and in time. And the thought of the leaf is again different. And the next time I think of the leaf, it's different. And the next time, newness is inscribed in every moment. Each repetition is something new in space and time. It has no equal or equivalent, while carrying something from the first. Every act of nature repeats with novelty, and every repetition of every thought creates something new in the mind which contemplates it. But here is the main point. It's the very difference in every repetition that accounts for change, for newness, for evolution, for creativity. If we only conceptualize the repetition, the representation, we fail to understand how difference changes concepts and things. Take the movement between television and YouTube. Hypothetically, the person who invents YouTube looks at the television, then his computer, then uses the internet. In his mind, he repeats all those things, but he reorganizes them. He repeats them differently. He repeats the idea of television while reorganizing it with the idea of what is different about a television and the computer. But it's not just the television and the computer. Differences that bear on the process are many. Language, tools, education, code, the innate biological aptitude of the inventor. All of these things repeat themselves in some way in every act towards the new. Similarly, when a baby is born, it is both a repetition of genes, DNA, blood, and a response to differences like the size of the womb or the environment it's born into. A plant repeats itself through seeds, but differences like the intensity of the wind, rain, and sun, animal interactions, all have a bearing. When thinking, a person repeats things in some way. We rationalise and we judge We identify things, see analogies between things, see things opposed to each other, and judge things that are the same. We organise and reorganise a plane of possibility. We do something new, but we also repeat something old. It's not enough, like Kant, to say that rationality thinks. As Deleuze says, something in the world forces us to think. We might organize questions in our mind or create goals or have plans, but they arise from somewhere real. They are presented to us by the world and we reorganize the variables to try and create solutions. There is a kind of map of things to repeat and things we could make different. This map, the innate potentiality of newness, is what Deleuze calls the virtual. Virtuality has similarities to potentiality. The universe moves, bodies move, concepts move, all in relation to each other. They repeat, but in every repetition, different combinations of differences potentialize. Deleuze writes that the more that living matter complexifies, the more it transforms this virtual into spontaneous action and unforeseen movements. The virtual is a product of the intensities between differences, the lines of flight between them. The virtual is determined by the differential relations between what Deleuze terms ideas, which are made up of multiplicities. Again, you have television, microchips, the internet, hands, eyes, a keyboard. The differences and relations between them point towards new lines of flight. There are many potentialities in any moment though, lots of configurations. The result is also random, contingent, YouTube could have easily been a different new configuration of all these possibilities, a different person, a different name, a different setup. Ideas are made up of multiplicities, combinations of representations and differences. Assemblages like bone structure or geology are part of the multiplicity, but the multiplicity precedes the actual idea. It defines and creates its possibilities. Let's shift from YouTube to World War II, something you can do with YouTube. Multiplicities are presented to us in pre-organized forms. A group of texts on World War II, the universities studying it, a conference on World War II, diaries, the bodies of the dead, the photographs. All of the differences between them point to disparate lines of flight for new potentialities, upon which the historian might write a new history. The virtual is like a coil, it's not possibility though. It precedes possibility. It creates the conditions for possibility. Each possibility in any given moment is conditioned by lines of imminence that give it its shape. If we acknowledge that possibilities do spring from somewhere, somewhere real, then the virtual is that play. The virtual is the surplus of the present moment, of any fixed identity, and it's grounded in the spaces between things, in their differences. Deleuze writes, Everywhere, couples and polarities presuppose bundles and networks. Organised oppositions presuppose radiations in all directions. Stereoscopic images form no more than an even and flat opposition, but they depend on something quite different. An arrangement of coexistent tiered mobile planes, a disparateness within an original depth. Everywhere the depth of difference is primary. This perspective strips postmodernism of its vulgar reputation of claiming that anything goes, that leads to a radical relativism. The virtual is very real, very much conditioned. It only presents itself through a finite number of possibilities at any given time. But it does guarantee the opening of new possibilities, guarantees the possibility of continual change and freedom. Deleuze is a notoriously complicated thinker, and he's responding to a lot of other complicated thinkers and complex ideas, and admittedly, I'm no expert. I've read all of Difference and Repetition and a lot of other Deleuze over the past few months, and it all fits together as a system that's heavily influenced by people like Spinoza and Kant, who it's a good idea to understand before you start reading Deleuze. These, though, are the concepts to understand to appreciate the rest of Deleuze's work. I'll expand on this further at some point, maybe next week, although I might take a break. But on the schedule at some point will be videos on the rhizome, anti-Oedipus, and hopefully a more in-depth look at his relationship with Kant. I'd also like to make a lighter video on Deleuze as the philosopher of the 68 movements, I'll leave you though with a quote I like about two metaphorical figures of difference and repetition, that of the poet who speaks in the name of a creative power capable of overturning all orders and representations in order to affirm difference in the state of a permanent revolution which characterises eternal return, and that of the politician, who is above all concerned to deny that which differs so as to conserve or prolong an established historical order or to establish a historical order which already calls forth in the world the forms of its representation. So recently YouTube demonetized this entire channel, something that I hope isn't permanent, but for now Patreon is the only way these videos get made. So here's my request. If you think you get the same value from four of these videos as you do from just one cup of coffee, then please consider pledging a dollar per video. That's four dollars per month to help keep this channel going. You can even limit your pledge to one dollar per month, and I'm trying to make being a Patreon supporter worth it. With scripts, audio, sources, your name in the credits. And in the future, I hope to create extra content just for patrons. To those that already support then and now, thank you so much. This channel wouldn't exist without you. See you next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, where all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership.